Welcome to the SportsWagers.ca podcast with Brian Sherwood-Steinberg and Matthew Finney. Welcome to the Sports Wagers Podcast. I am Matthew Feeney, of course, joined by Brian Sherwood-Steinberg. All those great free daily write-ups over at sportswagers.ca. Coming off another fun NFL weekend, week five, Brian. I just want to play a little role play with you before we get into it. Let's pretend I'm a general manager. You're a potential head coach. Here's the question. The game is tied. We're going to overtime. (laughs) We win the coin toss. What do you do? You know, it's it's really incredible. It's I don't know, man. Like these decisions are so basic. And obviously, you're referring to Baltimore and Pittsburgh yesterday, when 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 Tomlin deferred in overtime. I mean, I I mean, I don't understand. I really just don't understand. It is the most basic decision in football. And I used to play, you know, when my kid was eight years old, we used to play Madden football all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, there are games that went into overtime. And you take the ball. And he took the ball. He was eight years old. He took the ball. <laughs> he knows. You know? <sighs> I mean, Mike Tomlin deferred in overtime. I mean, how is that possible? How is that even possible? He's a head coach in the end. I don't know, man. It's not just that. It's so many decisions. We see it every week by these coaches. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. You know, like I was saying to you before, I think that we are so far advanced because we watch a million games a week. You know, we're so far advanced on these coaches. They can scheme and they can play call and they can – come up with a game plan, but as far as in-game decisions and what to do at that time, management, clock management, timeouts, when to go for two points, these other, maybe there's just too much on their mind, you know, that they can't really make a rash decision at the time. I've always said, you, you really have no idea what it's like until you walk in someone else's shoes, you know, there's 80,000 people, the game's on the line. You got so much going on that maybe they just lose focus or I don't know. I, it's so hard for me to explain. I mean, that is for Mike Tomlin to defer. That is the most basic decision you can make in a football game. How does he defer in overtime? How is that even fucking possible? How does it – I just don't understand, man. No, this makes sense. Not- like, regardless, like, especially with the new format, like, it was one thing if, you know, obviously when it was, you know, first to score in overtime, sudden death, that kind of thing. Obviously, you know, now you do have to score the touchdown first. If you don't kick – you have to – you know, if you kick the field goal, you do have to kick off and the other team gets a chance. But either way, you have to play defense. So why wouldn't you at least try to maybe score the touchdown first instead of just starting to play defense right away? Like, <laughs> I know they're down to... No, if you score the touchdown first, you win. Yeah, that's, that's, no... that's what I'm saying, yeah. So why, why wouldn't you at least take the chance to, to maybe try and score a touchdown first instead of going to play defense right away? It makes no sense. Like, I know of they're course. down to, like, their, you, their fifth... You don't have to explain but... it. <laughs> well, There's right. no explanation. Okay, I'll shut up, then. <laughs> this is one of the only motherfuckers on the planet that would defer in overtime. And he's a coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's incredible. It's incredible. And we saw Jay, 
I mean, Jay Gruden got fired today, and he deserves it. So, in the at the end of the first half, the score is nine to with, with fifty one seconds to go in the first half yesterday. Washington had fifty one. Washington is a seventeen point home dog. Seventeen point home dog. They're stuck two points. They got a third string quarterback in. They're at their own fifteen yard line. It's first down. They can, you know, run the ball, hope for something good to happen, right? They got a third-string quarterback, and they're playing BB. And this idiot decides to throw on first down. And actually, it gets picked. New England scores a field goal, and they go on to blow them out, right? Now, New England still probably would have won, but still. you Momentum is a very funny thing. When you lose momentum... Or when the other team gains momentum, it's a killer. You see it all the time. You know, I was watching Winnipeg, New Jersey the other night in hockey. You know, Winnipeg, uh, uh, New Jersey had a 4 nothing lead. Winnipeg scored a late goal in the second period to make it 4-1. Right at the end of the second period. They came into, they went into the dressing room, came out in the third, tied the game, and won it in overtime. Momentum's a really funny thing. And these coaches, I, I mean, there's so many other decisions yesterday. Like I saw uh, Ron Rivera on Carolina. He's got like, it's, it's uh, they're up 28-24 late in the game with about eight minutes to go. And McCaffrey is shredding that defense. McCaffrey's having a day. And it's third down. And goal from about the four-yard line, something like that. What does he do? He gives it to McCaffrey for a uh, for a pat, like a play action, a pass, right? McCaffrey, like, why do you pass? Like, just run it. Anyway, the pass was incomplete. He goes on fourth and one, whatever, and they and they they don't score any. He doesn't even take the field goal to put them up seven. Do you know what I mean? Like. He calls a bad play on third down. He misses on, and then he doesn't go for the field goal on fourth down. Up four points. As it turns out, he got lucky. They won by seven, but he got really lucky in that game. Well, even the end of that game was lucky too. I mean, Jacksonville had what so many chances at the the end zone there to try to tie it. You know, just <laughs> that was you know one of those games that could have gone either way for sure. So yeah, even Baltimore's coach made yeah. a boneheaded call early. It's just every single way. It's not just Tomlin. It's like every single week, honest to God, not not just in the NFL, in the CFL, in college football, it's one bad coaching decision after the next. Every single week without fail. And these are basic decisions. And I don't know if we are just as gamblers that bet on this stuff <laughs> week after week and we watch 30, 40 games a week. I honestly think that we are so far advanced in knowing what to do that it looks like these guys are complete idiots because we're so far advanced in that aspect. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It just seems like maybe it's just second nature to us. Like I know exactly what to do. I couldn't draw up a game plan, but I know exactly what to do in every situation without even thinking about it. Yeah. Is it because I've watched – a million football games over my lifetime. These guys watch one a week, you know, 
maybe they're just have they don't have an understanding of management what to do, when to go for two, what play to call, when, like... Oh, how to manage fourth downs. I think that's why a guy like Doug Peterson is such a revelation. And, and you know, like back in the Eagles, like even with even, even banged up and as bad as they were, like he knows what to do when it matters. You know, when it's fourth and two on the f- other team's 47, he's not going for a punt. He's not kicking a 65-yard field goal. He's fucking going for it. Like it's fourth and one. He's fucking going for it. Like he's not stupid. And I think you see the, you know, the Eagles since he's got there or have, since he's been there have, have certainly improved in that area. And, and when you watch other teams do stupid things, it's super glaring when he does it right. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Bill Belichick is considered a genius. They, 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 they refer to him as a genius all the time. But maybe he's just so far advanced on this on these basic things that it makes him look like a genius. Because you know what he does, his his, I mean he always plans it so that he gets the ball, uh, you know, to end the first half when he gets it to start the second, you know, like back to back possessions, you know, end of the first half, start of the second half, stuff like that, you know, is that genius? I don't know. To me, it's basic. But these guys are so bad that it makes Belichick yeah. look like a genius. And everything Belichick, uh, too, is under the microscope, right? Because they're so high profile. He, they're in a primetime game every other week. So yeah. he, he's in every feature. He's on every, you know, every, every. He just doesn't make these dumb yeah. decisions. He's like had his moments, but yeah, absolutely. And he also has a body of work over time, though, that, you know, yeah, there's going to be a few stinkers here and there. But, bar, you know, over the course of 15 or 20 years here now, though, for the most part, you know, he's, he's made the right call, obviously. You know, I watch like I've never seen this done before where it's, you know, let's say there's eight seconds left in the half. Right. Or the game or whatever. And they got like they know they got one play left. Like, let's say they have no timeouts and there's eight or seven seconds left in the half and they got to do a quick throw to the end zone, a quick out, right? And if it goes incomplete, they kick the field goal, whatever. What I would, if I'm the coach, and this isn't like advanced, this is like, I, I don't know why I've, I, I, I haven't seen this, you know, before, I've never seen it. If I'm the coach, I tell all my corners to tackle right away. As soon as the ball snap, you wipe out the receivers. You just tackle them and you take a penalty. You know, it's half the distance to the goal, and they can't go for a touchdown. They got to kick the field goal. And I've never seen that. I've never seen. Why haven't I never seen that? Is that advanced? I don't think that's so advanced. Never seen that play. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that I don't see that I, you know, I sit there and I watch the game and I think, why don't they do this? And it's not, it's not advanced. I think. Again, I'll say it again. We, so many of us have watched so much football, so much over the years that we know exactly what to do. You know, we're four, five, six steps ahead at all times. We know precisely when to go for it. I was watching a game a couple weeks ago. Um, What's what's the coach's name on uh, Seattle? Uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. They were stuck. They 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 were stuck. Uh, I don't know. Nineteen points against might have been Carolina. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He scored a touchdown. 
to make the uh, to make it a thirteen point game, right? Thirteen point game. And now there's four minutes or five minutes left in the game, and he could go for two points there to make it eleven, or kick one and make it twelve. And he decided to kick one, like that. To me, that's a basic decision. How? I mean, how does that even? How is that even possible? You make it eleven points by going for two or twelve points, and eleven points is, you know, one, two possessions. Yeah. Well, how many times we see twelve points see is three possessions, yeah. and he didn't opt for that. Yeah, we see in college football, pro football all the time, where we've got these teams that are down. College, especially when you've got these big, you know, big leads, and you know, anytime you can kick a field goal and take, turn a, a two or a two, uh, two two possession game into a two possession game, you got to take it, right? Like it's just, yeah, it's so. Even even Tomlin in that week one against New England, I can't remember how many points they were down at that point. I think it was twenty point ball game or whatever. And you know they go for a, a eight, you know, a field goal from the one yard line instead of just trying to at least try anything. Anything so is better than that. Spread. Anything is better than that. Like try and fail. But I mean, we can ar- argue about uh, whether or not you know people think you should go for it on fourth and one, and whether that's t- statistically over time is the is the best play. There's many that do feel that way. There's some old school guys that maybe don't feel that way. But in that situation, it's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, uh, situation plays a factor. Always, always plays a factor whether to go for one or two. But it's it's so widespread. These bad coaching decisions are not limited to college or CFL. or It's just so widespread. It's everywhere. And it makes me think that they're just there's just so much going on that they can't really focus like it's time like they're not thinking ahead like if we get a touchdown do we go for two you know they're not thinking ahead like that whereas we are we have the game and everything that could possibly happen worked out in our mind because we have a bet on the game and we're we're way ahead that's why every team needs a gambler on the sideline to tell the coach what to do exactly. Because at the time, you know, he's thinking, okay, we need a touchdown. He's not thinking about what do we do if we get the touchdown? Do we go for two? Right there, he's got to make a decision, right? You know, yeah. he's focusing <laughs> in on plays, on getting the, the, the play in on time, on relaying it to the quarterback, on making the right personnel changes on the field. And by the time they score that touchdown, he hasn't had time to think about whether he should go for one or two. Yeah. yeah and he just says, okay, go for one, go for two, unless it's so obvious. To me, it's obvious. Like yeah. Pete Carroll, you know, you're either down 12 or 11. You're either down 13 or 11. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. Oh, you got to bet on a game. You're, you're working through your head, like, okay, how can I cover this game, like in the second quarter, and what's going to happen, and how, you know. No, I'm all, I'm usually trying to figure <laughs> out how am I, uh, how am I going to lose this. Yeah, game. well, that too. Well, even like, yeah, even <laughs> like we were on the Chiefs on Sunday night. Obviously, you know, obviously they didn't cover. They lost outright, but. Um, even still, like in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, well, if they could just, you know, they'll get the ball back here and they get a stop here and then at seven, okay, okay, blah, blah, blah. Then it's okay. Yeah, it'll be 11. Okay. Then we're good. We're good. You know, it should still be yeah. okay. And then it gets to the point where, okay, well, you know, you're looking, if you have them in your survivor pool, say you're just looking for a win and it's the same thing. Like, okay, well, if they could just get a stop and then they can tie it and they can take it to overtime and then that, 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 and even Andy Reid going for it last night, like, uh, say what you want about the play call. It obviously didn't work. If it would have worked, he might have looked like a genius. But even in that situation, there was enough time on that clock. 
And it wasn't like Indy was running roughshod or that Brissett was having this amazing night passing or something and the Chiefs were getting torched. Like, it was a defensive game from start to finish pretty much. And maybe with two minutes to go and enough timeouts, there, you know, Andy Reid still could have got the ball back. You know, the Chiefs could have got the ball back without having to give up such, you know, easy field position and a free three points. I mean, it basically seceded the game to, to Indianapolis at that point when you go up nine with, with that much time. But... Indy uh, was really good last yeah, night. Yeah, no, they, for all the injuries too. Like I know both sides had lots of injuries. Injury, Indy needs to be credited for their game last night. Absolutely. All we heard from Chris Collingsworth for the first 15 minutes was how banged up the Colts secondary was. You know, because uh, uh, Mahomes had like 157 yards passing on the first two sets of downs that Kansas City had and Collinsworth is like, this is going to be a long night. They're so banked up. They got nobody. Meanwhile, they drew up the blueprint on how to beat Kansas City. They were fantastic. And speaking of that, the Colts are off next week, so there's going to be no overreaction to how well they played on Sunday night. But there might be an overreaction to how poor Kansas City looked on Sunday night and they're playing Houston next week and they're a six and a half point favorite which that's one of our favorite underdog numbers once again Denver yesterday six and a half point dog well they closed at six or five and a half but they were six and a half for the entire week yeah. they went out right well the week before too those six and a half point dogs uh, which were Kansas yeah they City. went four and oh or yeah yeah and, and, and both the note that they had got bad and had come down as well but when that opening number is six and a half almost regardless of where it closes you almost just got to stick with it I know it's we love watching see what happens on Sunday but it's hard not to just you know go with it there were some six and a halfs in college on the weekend too Central Michigan yeah was a six and a half point dog to Eastern Michigan and they whacked them Central Michigan went out right. Pittsburgh was a six-point dog to Duke. They went out right. Georgia State, six-and-a-half-point underdog at home. They went out right, too. So the six-and-a-half. Well, if, if we're looking for an overreaction, I mean, we, we you know, the people early in the week are, are betting Houston already. I mean, that line's down to five at Penny already, so that's come down. So, you know, it's uh, it'll be an interesting game to see for sure because that's definitely uh, other than the opening line, it certainly is the game that looks like a classic over and under reaction with Ken Casey getting blast, you know, getting, losing in prime time, and Houston. If you didn't watch that game, it looks like they won in a rout. It was you know much closer to the to the eye than maybe uh, it was on paper at the end. But I mean, if there's a, a bigger over under reaction game than that one this week, I, I would be shocked to to see what it is. But when yeah, it opens at six and a half, it's Houston, like if you oh, did watch Houston, yeah. Whether you watch it or not or look at the score, you cannot help but be impressed yeah. by that offense. Deshaun, da uh, oh. Deshaun Watson Got was out of trouble, scrambling, everything. He was hitting yeah. those receivers. Whoa. They yeah. were tremendous. Yeah, they were. You know, even though they gave up a ton of points, the offense is what, just like Kansas City, it's the offense that's, that sticks in your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you got uh, – now look at the Chargers – are six points again this week over the Steelers. What's the deal with Mason Rudolph? I mean, well, he's probably going to play, right? I can't, he couldn't he couldn't walk off the field. That, that was one of the worst. I mean, I we watch a lot of fights in a cage. I haven't seen guys get knocked out in a cage that were as woozy as he was. I mean, I mean, they had to well, you know two guys had to help him off the field. Like he was seeing next Sunday already. Like it was incredible. But there's a price on that game. 
Oh, yeah. It's not off the board. No. Well, Mason Rudolph or the other guy, does it really matter? I don't think it does. It doesn't matter? I don't think so. Okay. Honestly, anyway, would you be surprised if they hired – I mean, they could, they could go find, like, Matt Moore or some guy off the street, you know? Like, <laughs> we've seen that a hundred times. Let's look at the card for next week. Sure, yeah. Well, Thursday night, I know <laughs> we first talked. Thursday night jumped out to you and me as, uh, you know – uh, but but the Patriots, all they do is win and, and cover with the ease, it seems. So is there a number big enough to put on the Pats? I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. 16 and a half. I know a couple of things. Oh, it's 17 One now, thing by I the know way. for yeah. sure. No, it's 17 now. 17. Yeah. One thing I know for sure, a thousand percent, is that the Patriots are overvalued. That's a thousand, a thousand percent for sure. It doesn't mean they're not going to cover this week. They're 17. Maybe they win by 28. Would surprise nobody. But I know one thing for sure is that price is way overvalued. That it's just, it's so inflated. The second thing I know for sure is that it's humiliating to the Giants. Oh. Every player and every coach in that Giants locker room is fully aware of that number. The point spread is something they are fully aware of. The Giants looked horrible last week, yesterday against Minnesota. You know, that's probably a good thing because we get more points this week. And you have to also consider that the Giants were probably looking ahead. You know, they got a primetime game against New England. The Gi- as far as egos go, the Giants have some of those players have some of the biggest egos. So that's a humiliating number. Yeah. I just want you to know that. Well, the Giants... Yeah. It's not like the Giants or the Dolphins or the Redskins completely now. I mean, the Giants are capable well, of at least putting together. Like the I know, or the I know, but at least they can put together a first down or two. Which I mean, say Absolutely. what you want about the Redskins. I know the Redskins were only stuck, you know, a couple of points or whatever it was in that game against the Patriots. But they had like 30 yards and a first down. It wasn't like they were moving the ball or anything. They had oh, just yeah. taken over of New England turnovers and and like no you said, should have should have been aware of it to to. <laughs> You know. And watch, listen, uh, Washington was stuck two points at that. Yeah. They were stuck two points late in the second quarter. Yeah. They got a third string quarterback going. Oh, yeah. Like the Giants, the Giants have players. And you know what else? Barkley might be back this week. Yeah. So, well, even if he's not, like, I know they're down to their third string running back, but still, it's it's a pretty. You know, if, if anything, if, if anything, Gallman proved last week, like not not to take anything away from Barkley, obviously, but, you know, the Giants do have an offensive system that have had an offensive system the last year and a half or so that is, you know, supportive and, and it's supporting a running back being successful. So, you know, it's not just quite plug and play, but I do think Gallman showed last week that there's some something to that where, I mean, you know, he's no Saquon Barkley, but he sure got off, you know, so. You know, last week when we were talking about the board early in the week, right? The first, our first inclination, the first game, the two games that we said for sure are going to make our board. When we first talked on Monday were Denver because they were six and a half. And we were talking about Minnesota and the giants, right? That the giants look like such a good play that Minnesota, you were pointing this out that the giants look, they were getting five and a half at home. They, you know, they're, they were gaining momentum. Uh, Daniel Jones was getting a lot of positive press and Minnesota shit the bed that way. Oh yeah. And they were shitting on everybody too. Yeah. So you pointed out that Minnesota laying five and a half on the road is probably the right play. We both agreed on Denver. So it turns out none of those two games 
made our board and they both covered. So, you know, sometimes your first look at the board mm-hmm. is your best look at the board. And this Giants game, that line is ridiculous. On a short week, the Patriots, yeah, yeah. they're the Patriots. They're they're so overpriced this week, it's not even funny. That game is a hundred percent a play, the Giants. Well, I'm not. I don't. I, I almost feel yeah. like playing that now because, yeah. in my mind, which I know it's not, but in my mind, that 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 number should come down four points. I know it won't. Yeah. That's why I say, oh, I, I you know, I, I should bet that now before I miss the best number. That yeah. number is ridiculous, man. Yeah. That's a new. That's a Miami Dolphin, uh, New York Jet, Washington Redskin number. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know if it's a look-ahead spotter for the Patriots or not, but they do play the Jets on Monday night the next week. I know it's not, you know, it's not Kansas City. It's not even Indianapolis or, you know, somebody of maybe more of note. But still, they do have a Monday night game the week after on the road. So it's something. Yeah. And and Belichick, you never know with Belichick either, right? Like, I know people on Twitter yesterday thought, you know, he was throwing that game with Washington. Oh, they don't want an undefeated season. He's got – I don't think he's that manipulative or that, you know (laughs) – of a of a narcissist or what, but there is something to be said about you know sometimes you never know. Uh, you know how, I, I how don't he's going to bring. The Patriots him. can name the score. Yeah. I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. Well, look at the total in that game too. It's forty four, and they're set. So you're telling me they're got you know you do the math like <laughs> so the Giants basically can't score, <laughs> and if they do, it can't be more than seven or ten points. Basically, you know, yeah, not to be in range. So I don't. It's a that's. It's a lot. It's a lot of yeah, points. Yeah, we're looking at like 30 to 10, 31 to 10, something like that. Yeah. 34 to 10, something. And it's possible. Yeah. So the Patriots can win by three touchdowns. Yeah. No problem. But you know what? I don't think the Patriots are as good as we, everyone we, thinks we, they are. Yeah, we've, like, we've been involved in quite a few of their games this year. So I know we've watched a lot of, of, of their action. And, you know, the Dolphins, had a- the Dolphins game was the Pittsburgh game. You know, we talk about... Tomlin and whatever. Pittsburgh wasn't prepared for that game. Maybe you want to put some weight in that, but the rest of the schedule is shit. The Miami win, throw it in the garbage. They've you know? played yeah. Miami, yeah. the Jets, and Washington. Yeah. And Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, they should have lost. But they should have lost the Buffalo game, they absolutely. Got, they got destroyed on the stat sheet against Buffalo. Well, and even if they destroyed. go up early, but let's not forget the Buffalo game, they did go up early, and it could have been easy for Buffalo to shut it down and say, oh, here we go again. And even if they get up on the Giants, like these teams take their foot off the gas. We see it every single week. Unless the, unless the team is, like I said, those bottom feeders, those the Jets, the Redskins, the Dolphins, everyone else comes back for the most part. We saw Arizona give up a late fourth quarter lead. Yeah, they won, but they gave it up. We saw Carolina give it all back. We saw Denver, you know, try to give it all back. But, you know, San Diego just kept shooting themselves in the foot that it didn't happen. But so many, so many cow green Bay tried to give it back yesterday. You know, same thing. Cowboys couldn't stop from making mistakes, but these teams, they give it back. Yeah. They give it back. That's why in game betting is so valuable. Yeah. You got to lay off the jets, Washington and Miami. Those three teams right now are, they're just unplayable. You just don't want to blow units on those teams. Everybody else is fair game. Anyway, what other, uh, what what else do we see? Well, so we're going, we're going back to foggy London town, uh, early game. Uh, looks like a nine 30 Eastern start. Yeah. Nine 30 Eastern Carolina at Tampa Bay. I know we like to stay away from those, 
uh, London games. We almost made the exception this week, and thankfully, I know we talked about maybe the market pulling us off a, uh, a bet that won, uh, but they definitely pulled us off a bet that we may have had that would have lost outright, and that was the Bears. Uh, we saw a lot of action, a lot of attention. I heard a lot of people saying, you know, if you've already burned up Philadelphia or New England uh, in your survivor pool or Kansas City, you know, look to the Bears. It's going to be the safest play. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Uh, I heard one of our favorites, uh, loving the closing line value, said, you know, if you can get the Bears minus four and a half in your pool and current market value six and a half, you got to be stupid not to take it. So, you know, it's uh, it was good. It, it, that would have been a shitty game to lose because it was, uh, you know, uh, the, Oakland came to play. Yeah, those London games, especially the 9.30 a.m. games. Yeah. I hate it. I really yeah. hate it. I think it's just so sleazy. I think it's just such a uh, a cash grab to you know to start it. I, I mean, every guy watches football all day long. You know, it's like one of the enjoyments of the week is Sunday football, and these motherfuckers they could start that game at one o'clock like the rest of them. Why don't they? They want you. They they want to take away your Sunday breakfast with your family. Even like they don't need to do that. At one o'clock in the afternoon in London, it is six p.m. or something like that. Five five or six p.m. in the evening. Yeah, when they have their Monday night football games, they start at one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. It's basically prime time in uh, in London. Yeah, yeah. and they want to start this at nine thirty in the morning. Just awful. Anyway, I, I'm not, I don't even care about that game. Yeah, no, it's so because it's, so, it, it yeah. just it, 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 it irks me. Yeah, that they would do that. That they just don't care. And it's too bad I it's mean, not played in in America because it's a game that we would probably target because it's two and a half. It's Tampa coming off a loss. It's Carolina coming off a win. Um, it's kind of the perfect recipe for what would look like a good upset. Like Cappy Bay being a live dog, and maybe they are, but who knows? Like what comes again? Up this it's, week? It doesn't matter. There's too many variables. Teams traveling yep. overseas. You just never, it's just too, too many tangibles that we're not aware of. I think you made a good point um, on the Bears game on Sunday when we were looking at it, especially at Bet365, because I think they were a little bit ahead on it. But because they are primarily a British book and that game was obviously being played over there, uh, it got a lot of attention. And that was one of the reasons the Bears were coming up so high and came up so high on Sunday was that there was, you know, more interest in that game than normal from that market. And they pounced on the Bears, and so That's I think exactly with that, right. I think with that game, uh, we'll keep an eye on it, and you know, see what happens Sunday morning. And if they jump on the Panthers, which they may, you know, if the Panthers jump up two points on Sunday morning, well, then at that point, you know, maybe putting Tampa Bay on the board is at least a consideration, or or something to do with uh, money line parlays or something. There should be some bet that needs to be made there. Um, but yeah, I think th- th- that was a great point that you made on Sunday about that Bears uh, Oakland game getting more action than, than the others would have, especially on a site like Bet365. So, which is a, you know, a, a more mainstream book rather, you know, especially over there. If you watch any of the TV from over there, they're on all the commercials. So, <laughs> they love they love it over there. So let's keep going down the board though, Brian. We have another double digit dog. It is Baltimore. They are favored by eleven and a half over the friggin' Bengals. Who you know, the Bengals. They're just—they're so frustrating to back, you know. <laughs> That's all I can say. They're very frustrating to back. Yeah, it's—it's yeah, it's another game where it's probably not going to make our board. You know, it's—it's it's virtually almost impossible. If we bet the game, it's going to be Cincinnati. Yeah, That's all there is to it, you know, because Baltimore for sure is overinflated. 
They have to make it. They have to protect against teasers and parlays yep. and all that stuff. And the Bengals' stock has hit bottom. So uh, Cincinnati is a play. Uh, we'll see. You know, we're just looking for uh, – I mean, Cincinnati could make the board. You know, that maybe that's a big overreaction. Like Cincinnati lost at home to Arizona. They lose every week. They look – Oh, yeah. They just look bad. Yeah. Baltimore, they beat Pittsburgh. Did they look good? Yeah, they looked okay. You know, they they look like they can. Yeah, they look legit. So, yeah, there's a lot of flash on that Baltimore team for sure. I think, and and the fantasy implications definitely have them overvalued. I think that what like what are they three and two? Like it's not even like Baltimore is five and zero or four and one or anything. So, and they've got wins over like Miami. Yeah, like the Saints and the Jags. I think that's one of the biggest over under reactions of the week. Yeah, like the Saints. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had more touchdown passes than anybody else on Sunday, right? Four, yeah, so, and yeah. the Saints were, you know, they were playing Tampa Bay, and that mm-hmm. number came down. So people were betting uh, Tampa Bay yesterday. Yeah. Oh. They saw the Saints uh, put it to them, and it, not only is it an overreaction, but it's also a zigzag. So that's a good game right there. Yeah, Jags at the home. Jags, the Jags, and yeah, the Jags are impressive. Like we, we've watched the Jags the last couple of weeks. They, I know they've gone down. They went down in Denver, and they went down in Carolina. But that team doesn't quit. And you know it's important to remember they're out with some key without key defenders, but they're still, you know they're a they're a feisty team. And Minshew like he goes for it, you know. As an old Brett Favre fan, I like that that kind of Turner Minshew. He 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 flings it in there, you know. <laughs> he he does, but really the Saints stock went way up this week. Yeah, they got the rub from Jets Tampa. Lost, yeah. Yeah. lost outright, and the market largely sees wins and losses as the bottom line, right? And uh, the Jags lost. The Saints won big. So that's probably a good targeted game right there. It's the Jags at home. I I don't think they should be a dog at home unless unless Breeze is playing next week. Which I mean I doubt he is. Yeah. You know, I know he was he was practicing a bit this past week. I don't think he'll be ready next week. That number says he's not gonna be ready. That's a good targeted game. The Jags should not be an underdog. Even though it's only one point, yeah. I don't think they should be a dog. I think that's a good uh, uh, overreaction game. And we know what to do with the Vikings when they play someone that's good or matters, and that's the Eagles uh-huh. at home this week. So the Eagles are the play because Kirk Cousins is going to shit his pants. If they're playing someone somewhere and it doesn't matter, he's the best quarterback in the league. If they're at home and there's something on the line, no good. He's no good. I don't think the Eagles got much of a, a bump up from Wax and the Jets. I think that was expected. Um, I think there's still a lot of talk about and all their injury really, issues. I mean, they won. They won pretty handily, but they didn't. They didn't like crush them, you know. No, it was just it was it was, 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 was twenty Yeah, it was a very methodical, slow paced, very just. You know, they took their field position where they got it. They extended drives where they could, and they just inevitably scored. And the Jets got a late touchdown, but it was it was nothing obviously at that point. Um, I think the the same the, we we talked about a, a lot of people maybe were on the Giants as a dog or as, an, as a home dog yesterday, and uh, the Saints or the, the Vikings rather uh, went in there and won you know pretty impressively I would say so. I could see them getting back on the wagon like last week right it was all cousins apologizing to Thielen and now they're best friends again because he threw him two or three touchdown passes I guess two touchdown passes and you know. I'm just looking for the uh, the biggest over and under reactions on the board. 
Well, look, how about, uh, we talked about this last week. They've got numbers on teams that are playing on Monday Night Football. Like, there's already a line on this Cleveland-Seattle game. Seattle's a two-and-a-half-point dog at Cleveland. Like, to me, I mean, I know we've been hard on Seattle this year, but my goodness. Yeah, that's surprising. Seattle, I'm on I'm on Penny. I don't see a number on that game. Uh, 365, they got it posted. They got a number. Oh, they don't give it. a shit, right? No, no, not a fucking They just chance. don't give a shit because nope. they got these uh, UK wagers. And and no offense to anyone from the UK, but they're the worst gamblers on the planet. <laughs> so they just put up no, – they don't even give a shit anymore. No. They just put up a number. Like Penny doesn't have a number on no. Cleveland and Seattle next week. They got a number on the – we got numbers on the 49ers so and Rams So what is that too. number? Cleveland at Seattle. Is it at – that's in Seattle. It's in Cleveland. Seattle's a two and a half. Seattle's point, yeah, two and a half. Two and a half point road dog. Like to me, that's an, a must bet auto bet right now. Yeah, it's an auto bet. Yeah, that's a bad number. I don't care if it loses, it loses. I don't. If it beats the closing line, if it doesn't beat, I don't give a shit. It's a. It's yeah, gotta Cleveland. Be done. Cleveland's a bet there for sure. And they got the 49ers as a four point uh, road dog at the Rams. So. But like, 49. yeah, if, if the 49ers rule tonight, you know, that, that, that number is going to come way down. There'll be a huge overreaction to that after the Rams lost. Like, I know it was a, a late field goal. What if, but the Rams get, what if the Rams get brutalized tonight? Or 49, well, yeah, then I think, the, I think the, it'll go up. The Rams will be five or six. Like, it's, it's a very weird spot to put themselves in. Like I said, they just don't. And they must not care. That's no, all. they don't care. Like, Penny doesn't have a number on that game yeah. either. Uh, Penny has you know, so. Penny. Penny doesn't have limits. So. Well, they don't. They don't expose themselves. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Well, that's that's bet huge. three six five. Dude, they don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, some, someone that's betting fifty thousand dollars on a game like could walk into Penny, and you know they're not going to put up a number like that on that Seattle game. That's ridiculous. Like the Rams are being talked about as no. being sort of fluke. Yeah. You know that they're not as good as their record. What if they get destroyed tonight? Uh, both those the games Ram- are susceptible. The Rams to- are good. Yeah. There's no question. The Rams are good. Significant the Rams' status in the market is not low. No, they had a good game last week on on Thursday night against Seattle. They should have won that game. Yeah, their field goal kicker missed a, a you know by his standards a chip shot at the end to lose it. Yeah, but they were really good. I mean, uh, Goff went off for 400 yards. What if the Rams? What if the 49ers get whacked tonight? Like that that number will be. Oh, it's gonna get crushed. Like, if you think San Fran is going to lose, I would bet the Rams tonight. I really, I mean, right now, I would bet the Rams over San Fran at bet 365 before the Monday night game. Yeah. I think it's a good bet. You know, you can always buy it back if it if it doesn't turn out. You know, if you don't like the way the number's going. Same with Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland getting two and a half at home. No, no, no. Cleveland's, Cleveland's, Cleveland's favorite at home. Seattle's the dog. Cleveland's favorite at home. Yeah. Well, that line makes a little more sense then. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep going down the list. Oh, we, we laughed at this one too. Our old favorite number, three and a half. Now, they didn't quite work out the way we liked to uh, this last week, but the, the Redskins spot in three and a half with a new coach or someone on the staff taking over at the Dolphins coming off a bye. My goodness. This is the, you know, it's incredible that these two teams from cross conferences that are having their worst seasons in franchise history, potentially, uh, are actually going to face off against each other. So <laughs> imagine being sent like you're, you're one of the CBS or Fox. <laughs> and that's the uh, game you crew. get, you know, where you, and you know that, where you, and you stand get sent to that game. Like, what does that, what does that say about you? You're the Z crew. 
<laughs> oh man, it's probably insulting, right? Absolutely. Anyway, what? So, so what's happening with Washington? Is is uh, Case Keenum going to be back this week, or well, is it Colt McCoy, or is it Haskins? Well, they're going to have a new coach. I guess it really doesn't matter, does it? I assume I assume they'll just promote either one of the one of the coordinators to head coach. Yeah, Bill Callahan's name. So there you go. Fucking Bill Callahan is in charge. So good luck with that. Does it matter who the quarterback is? Like the number is three and a half, no matter what. I mean, I, the I, he's, I don't care I, what he's, happens in the game. I think. I, I mean, I, I, this is just what I think. I mean, I, I don't know anything, obviously, but I would assume that ownership wants him to play the fucking kid. And so, guess what? You're playing the fucking kid. So that's Haskins. Yeah. There, there's, you know, Gruden playing Colt McCoy this week was a pretty big fuck you to the team. And I think one of the reasons was, and I don't have to get into too much of it, but anyway, there were some old photos that resurfaced of him partying with some chicks a few years ago. And it was kind of convenient that they came out this week because the Redskins are notorious for, uh, you know, slandering kind of executives and, and team personnel on the way out the door. So they don't have to pay, you know, they can, so they can fire them with cause. And uh, you may remember there's a story a few years ago with their GM. I can't, his name escapes me now, but basically they ran a bunch of stories in the paper about what a fucking drunk he was and whatever. And so then they fired him. But meanwhile, they hired him knowing that he was a fucking drunk. So yeah, that, that's the kind of team they run there in Washington. So, yeah. Well, it's completely dysfunctional. Oh, it's, a, it's a joke. Yeah. Dan Snyder's a fucking awful dude, obviously. Uh, he's the worst. Yeah. He's the biggest idiot on the yeah. planet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. It's three and a half. Three and a half. We're probably going to be on the skins. Number, three and a half. And the skins are going to be, you know, the, they're going to. Here's what they're going to say about the Dolphins. They're coming off the bye. You know, they played a pretty good half in Dallas, and they, you know, they weren't that bad against the Chargers, and they've had some. Th- Meanwhile, like, what is it? Everything this Washington is going to be all drama this week, just like the just like uh, the Vikings last week. All drama, all week, and then look how they come out. How hard it is to bet the red. Oh, I'd rather bet the Dolphins. Late three and a half on the road with Washington Redskins. Yeah, it almost looks like it can't be done. Yeah, that's why they're the play. Yeah, and the premise is the same as Minnesota this past week. Do we like Washington? Absolutely not. It's nearly impossible. The point is. The books are going to need Washington because Miami is going to get bet. I mean, if you bet this game, maybe, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It's coming off a of three and a half. I'm sure it's going to be three. I mean, those games last week. Almost every- guaranteed it's going to be three. 100% it's going to be three on Sunday. Yeah. Washington, as bad as it sounds, as hard as it might be, Washington is the play because people are thinking, the market is thinking like we're talking, right? How can you bet Washington? How can you bet them this week laying three and a half on the road? Like Washington three, that's that's craziness, man. You know, we pinpointed a game last week in college. Tulane was a two and a half point favorite in Army. Army hadn't been a home dog since 2015. They played a lot better teams than Tulane. You know, the line didn't make sense at all. I said it, I tweeted it out to be careful about that game. Tulane went on to win by nine points. This game has that same feel to me. Washington cannot be a three and a half point favorite on the road. They can't be. Yeah. And that's why they're probably the right play. So well, that's probably, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We always see what happens. It's just an early look 
at the board, you know, how we're looking at it, how we're, you know, kind of dissecting it and where the flaws are on the board. So I can see that definitely. Next game, next game's got to be an over-under reaction to Falcons and Cardinals. I mean, the Falcon stock, I believe now has officially hit rock bottom. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I know we're down on them, but we pick on them every every single week. I'd hate, you know, I hate to give up the trend, but at some point it's got to it's got to snap back maybe for them. You got the Cardinals. They did get the win. It wasn't impressive. But I mean, they were up. Like I said I watched too much of that game. I had the Bengals in our survivor pool, so <laughs> a little bit Atlanta, biased. Two and a half yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think the books are going to need Arizona there. I think people are going to be betting still Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Like I said, that's what I think. Because Atlanta, even though they lost yesterday, they put up a ton of yards and points. True. You know, and a, a team like Arizona is going to find. Well, the perception is they won't be able to go punch for punch, and Atlanta is too good to be one and four or one and five, whatever they are. Yeah. Right. So Arizona. Yeah, I don't know if that. Beating Cincinnati and and giving up a big lead uh, did anything for their market credibility. So true. I will see. Touché. And that is an underdog yeah. number, by the way. Okay. We talked about the San Fran game that's up on 365. Uh, Dallas and the Jets. Dallas, eight and a half on the road. Like we talked about the Jets. Pretty much well, there's unbettable. There's no question the books are yeah. going to need the Jets. Yeah. That number looks low when they're throwing out 15s and 16s and 17s. Well, and at eight like and a half, two, at eight and a half, two, you can tease it down you to know? two and a half, right? With Dallas, so yeah. if you yeah. if you, Dal- you can tease through two key numbers on that game, that's a big red flag. Just saying. Yeah, even though Dallas lost yesterday, yeah. everybody knows that they crushed Green Bay, that they were putting up massive yardage. Yep. Yardage. So even though they lost, I don't know. There's no question the Jets, the books are going to, I don't know if I could bet the Jets. You know, when I see Baltimore is 12 over Cincy and New England is 16 and a half over the Giants and, uh, you know, all like, why is Dallas not double digits over the Jets? Do you not think they should be double digits? Like Sam Arnold's coming back? I I mean, I would have to assume a thousand percent he's coming back based on that number. Yeah. But... Still. I don't know. Yeah, still. When they're throwing out these double-digit favorites this year, like it's nothing, yeah, Dallas then, deserves to be double digits this week. Absolutely. Well, so. I, said, I know we're not, we don't, we're not supposed to, we don't, we don't recommend teasers. There's no, I want to tease Dallas down to two and a half on every bet I make from now until that number comes up. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, exactly. how can you not? Exactly. How can you not? Yeah, like why didn't they make it nine to, 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 to protect themselves against a two and a half point teaser, right? Yeah. They didn't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be hard they not to do that. Half, <laughs> don't right? do that. You tease, down, yeah. you tease down six points, now you're at two and a half. Perfect. Yeah, you don't even have to get yeah, burn a seven. Nine. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all you could ask for in a, in a, in a teaser bet. Like, they don't know I that. Who's betting the Jets? Who the fuck is betting the Jets this yeah. week? It's almost impossible. Yeah. Like, they're giving away money, you know? Yeah. It's just a matter of whether we want some or not. Cowboys will be a big, uh, the big, yeah, they're the big be survivor a, pool play this week, a too. big market team this week. Yeah. Because there's a only a big, big market team yeah. like that, and that's a four o'clock game. Yeah, you know, one of three four o'clock games. The books are desperately going to need the Jets to do something next week. Yeah. So if you're thinking Dallas this week, be really careful. 
really, really careful. That's a big red flag right there. Like you said, when, they, when they're handing up, when they make the Eagles uh, 14 at home and Dallas is eight and a half on the road, that's not right to me. Yeah. That's not right. <laughs> and the Jets, no, and and the even, Jets got whacked. Even Baltimore is 12 yeah. this week. Yeah. 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 Over uh, Cincy. Yeah. And, and Dallas is eight and a half over the Jets. Yeah. Like the Jets are in Miami and Washington category. Yeah. Their stock is so low. Mm-hmm. So the Jets are a play this week. Believe it or not, the Jets are a play. Here, now we got, no, got we got a nice over under reaction game here. Tennessee and Denver. Tennessee taken back two and a half on the road. I think we'll hear a lot about Denver's home team. Denver went on the road to LA. They, you know, they won that game. Titans lost to the Bills. Uh, th- yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that. You're yeah. going to hear about how Denver could be undefeated. Yep, yeah, I agreed. We made that. We made that case. Absolutely. You're going to hear how Denver is so close to being undefeated that they're an undervalued, underrated one in four team. The loss they to the Raiders doesn't look so bad now. Uh, now they, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Tennessee, they just lost to Bo- to uh, Buffalo. You know, they've got two wins. They're two and three. And they're taking back a small price. So uh, Denver looks appealing this week. That number, two and a half, underdog number on the Broncos at home. You know, Tennessee is obviously, to us, going to be the right play this week. And then Sunday night, we have got Pittsburgh. And who knows who's going to be the quarterback with the uh, there playing in L.A. against the Chargers. Dog number, six and a half in prime time. Uh, it pretty much speaks for itself there, Brian. I think there's, you know, I don't really like either side. How can you? But that's not really, that doesn't matter. <laughs> we talk about, it doesn't really matter who's wearing the jerseys or the helmets. It's uh, a lot of times it's the number that'll dictate the play. And especially in those primetime games where there's so much attention spent uh, on it, a, a number like six and a half certainly sticks out. That's a key point. The number dictates the play. Six and a half. The percentages are so high. Yeah. You cannot lay six and a half points. The percentages are so high, taken back six or six and a half, that they're auto plays. You don't even have to think about it. Six and a half. If you hate Pittsburgh this week, if you hate them, you don't play this game and lay six points. You just do not lay six or six and a half because the percentages, the percentages are way too low. So, yeah, it's going to be Pittsburgh or nothing. And it's going to be Devin Hodges, a quarterback for Pittsburgh, I think. There's very little chance that Mason Rudolph is going to get cleared gonna char- to play. It's going to change gonna everything. Which is going to cause a yeah. market reaction. Yeah. But, and like you said yeah. at the beginning, does it really matter? No. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. No. The market reaction is going to be the, ch- the Chargers, man. I don't know. They're, first of all, they're not that good at home. They play in a – I don't even know what you call that stadium. And – uh and I don't know. They just seem like a, a dysfunctional team also. Yeah. Like They've Hod- always been dysfunctional. Hodge, Hodges, undrafted free agent out of Samford. Not Stanford. Samford. <laughs> and uh, it looks like they, they're already talking about it. You know, it's, you know they, they know he's going to play. They know they got a rally behind him. But they're already saying the right things about him. Steve Nielsen called him. Uh, he said he's a gamer. They've already got a nickname for him. They call him Duck because he's a big duck hunter. And he's a championship <laughs> duck hunt, duck caller. <laughs> so he walked, onto the, he walked yeah. onto the team in spring training as an undrafted free agent, and uh, by all accounts, they, they love him. So there you go. 
Yeah, and then we got the Monday night. The Packers are once again, uh, what, 4 and, uh, four and 1 now? 4 and 1, yeah. A lot of primetime games, a lot of feature games for them, yeah. Looks like a small number. Four and a half at home on Monday night. You know, a team that's just winning. They yeah. beat the Bears, they beat Dallas, they've beaten some quality teams. Uh, and Detroit's market credit. You know, it's hard for anybody to believe in Detroit no matter how good they do, their pedigree is one of you just can't trust them. So, yeah, that's their, that's been their ammo for years. Yeah. You cannot trust them. Even though It's like the Bills almost, right? Their pedigree is so bad that it's so hard to trust them. Even if they're good, it's really hard for the market to trust a team like Detroit, where Green Bay has way more market credibility. Their pedigree is an elite one. They have an elite quarterback. They're four and one Monday night. They're at home. Blah blah blah. You know. So I got to figure really, out that number is going to go up for sure. Yeah, five, five and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, forget the X's and O's. We can go on to say how good Detroit's defense is, and that's uh, oh. uh, Stanford has all these weapons, and yeah. you know they're an undervalued team and all that stuff. And you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. We always say it doesn't matter. It comes down to turnovers. It comes down to subjective calls by the referees. You know, that's all. You just got to play the value. Where the value is and let the chips fall where they may. That's it. And Detroit, uh, you know, they're they're not giving away money on Green Bay this week. That I can guarantee you. You know, maybe Green Bay wins. The value here is on Detroit. No question about it. There's going to be an overreaction to Green Green Bay has been the luckiest team in the NFL so far. They're not a four and one team. You know, Green Bay and Denver, one team's one and four, one team's four and one. They could easily be the opposite. You know, they're very much on par with each other. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's a Monday night, and uh, and right now it looks like yeah, Green Bay's going to get some play, especially on Monday night. When Monday rolls around, you just see where the money goes yeah. after. Four o'clock when people start getting home from work, you know, and start playing the game, you'll see that Green Bay is going to get bet next week for sure. So uh, that looks like uh, just about it. You know, maybe next week we'll have a look at the college board, Matt. And, uh, um, you know, I just want to talk a minute, just a brief minute about hockey. It has started. Uh, you know, obviously um, we had an okay start. We went, you know, we had a we had New Jersey the other night. They were up four nothing and lost. Uh, we went one on one on Saturday. We swept the board earlier on in the week, so we're up a pork chop. But you know what? This year, I just want to say I'm paying a lot less attention to analytics in hockey. You know about goaltenders, about shot percentage, about goaltending percentage, and I'll explain a bit more about that later on. But I'm paying just way less attention to the analytics uh, for the simple reason that analytics in hockey is just not that accurate. After studying it the last couple of months leading up to this season, you know, to try and get a better grasp uh, or approach for the year. Um, Analytics in hockey is still relatively new compared to, let's say, baseball. Uh, there's a lot of misleading analytics as well, and I'm going to pay way less attention to it. So uh, we'll get into that a little more, a little bit more 
uh, in the future. Uh, and then maybe next week we'll take a look at the college board. No, sounds good, Brian. I like it a lot. Check out the website, sportswagers.ca. Give Brian a follow on Twitter at sportswagers3. Myself at Matthew Finney. Anything else you want to add, Brian, before we get out of here? No, sir. All right. Well, for Brian Sherwood Steinberg, I am Matthew Finney. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the sportswagers.ca podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. For free daily picks, visit sportswagers.ca.